Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to episode number 50 of the KDH podcast. I've not done a wee solo one in a bit, probably like a month or so, so hope you are ready for this one. So basically, today, episode number 50 is going to be all about building muscle and endurance, my Ironman story so far. So I've been pretty rubbish. I, I said that I was going to do a vlog at the start of this. I said that I was literally going to do um, a podcast on it. I've done one. And you know what? I think this one's very relevant. One of the things that I've noticed, especially the fact that I'm seven weeks out now from Ironman Vichy, is that like I didn't really want to like w- when I started it. I didn't want. I wanted to make it on a separate thing that I was going to have a blog or do a podcast on it, so people can they don't have to watch me do it on my stories. However, one of the things that I've noticed the more active I've been on my stories is the amount of people that are following the journey that are pretty amazed by it because I think the feat itself is a hundred and forty point four miles I think it is that they cover on the day sorry 140.6 miles that you cover on the day across swimming cycling and running and it's it's quite a feat itself and I think one of the things I forget is like we all do it is you sometimes forget how far you've came and it's important to celebrate those wins and wear it as a badge of honor and that's what I tell my clients all the time like like wear your wins like celebrate your wins like literally get it out there sing it for the rooftops because I say it to people, then sometimes I don't don't do it. However, I have been embracing that change recently. And one of the one of the things that I honestly experienced recently, which was a really strange sensation, is I was really proud of myself. Um, and it was when I swam for an hour outdoors. And in November, I couldn't really swim at all. And I'm terrified of dark water. And I went to Booker's Pond myself and done an hour swimming. I, I just, I had this sense of pride. And I mean, I've done a lot of different things in my life, like, a lot of things that I should be proud of and I'm I'm not really like I'm I'm not I'm I'm really really hard on myself and something that I kind of wanted to make a share on as well and I'm thinking I'm just trying to be as true to myself as I can be is I've been going to therapy for six weeks now right and the reason behind therapy is there's a few reactions to this I went to it because number one I looked at not a lot of athletes professional athletes i'm not a professional athlete but i'm trying to operate like one so what do they have they all have sports psychologists to get down to the bottom of their mind and i'm going to come on to why because it's really important to understand that doing these sort of things literally gets to a point where it bypasses being physical and it all becomes mental you actually are at war with yourself in your head and that's one of the things that i've learned and not only that the reason why i started going to therapy as well was if i can understand myself better I can understand my clients better. And my God, has it opened up my eyes so, so much, so much to the point where I just like, I just can't believe all the things that I do, the way that we're programmed from a young age, the way that we do these reactive things. It's very, very amazing. But that's another podcast right there on its own. But one of the things that kind of taught me was like, this full thing is like, honestly, it's mostly mental. And I have this uh, talk with my uh, coach, John, recently that, like it, it really does bypass a point where physical, like physical readiness just goes out the window and it just becomes a mental game. And like, you hear that all the time. And I've done a lot of big sort of events and challenges and stuff. And this has really been the sort of the major one that's like, this is a, a big mental game. So to give you a bit of an insight to like what I do in my training and like um, where I've been at in my sort of journey so far, because I've been a bit quiet on it and I've been logging it and like, I've kind of went off on a bit of a tangent there. The reason why I've been talking and reporting about it a lot is just because everyone's genuinely interested. And that's why I thought I would kind of make this podcast today that ties in building muscle and endurance 
And um, yeah, I'm going to do that. So basically, like what I love about training is just pushing yourself physically and mentally. I love bodybuilding style training and I love literally fitness. I just love fitness in general. And one of the funny things I've had recently coming off the back end of the therapy and doing this Ironman is how people are aware that people don't understand their mind and how people don't understand fitness as well. So one of the things that I've had with therapy recently is when I tell people about it and they go, why are you doing that? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you're, you're not, you're not loopy. You're not, you're not insane. And I'm like, no, I know I'm, I'm absolutely fine. I'm, I'm totally at one with myself. However, I kind of want to get down to the bottom of my head and people can't get that. But what that's kind of taught me is number one, people are aware of mental health, but they don't understand it. They, they are aware of it. It's everywhere. We talk about it all the time, mental health week, all this different stuff. People understand that folk have certain illnesses, but the fact that I'm going to a therapist just to get down to the bottom of my head and folks see that as like a, why are you doing that? It's really mental. And then the second one with fitness, what I've really kind of took from this story so far is that I've had a few people inquiring recently and they see what my profile is all about and they go, nah, man, I'm just into bodybuilding. And I'm like, you do realize that is what I do still. I still train bodybuilding style training, but people just see me on a bike. They see me out running. They see me swimming and they go, nah, he's not into what I'm into. And I'm like, you do realize that I am building muscle. I'm trying, I'm training in an effort to build muscle. I'm training in an effort to shape my body. I'm training in an effort to be stronger along with doing an Ironman. You can do both. It isn't just like a, a two way thing. And I think that's some big takeaways to dissect from this full thing so far. And um, so with like the sort of process so far to kind of let you know, I've spoken about this in my socials. So I started this journey in November. It's now July and I'm still training for a fucking Ironman. And it's actually like the mind numbing. So when I started in November, I bought a bike last year and it's always been a sort of lifelong thing to do one. And basically literally signed up to it in November, booked up for what uh, Ironman Mallorca for the 7th of May. And obviously the Indian variant of COVID-19 literally started spreading like wildfire when we thought we were moving into this light at the end of the tunnel. And then my event didn't get cancelled, but I ended up moving it. And then ultimately it did get cancelled. But at the time as well, I had only had about six weeks experience in the pool. I was just swimming 10 lengths unbroken, which is 250 metres. And when I say unbroken, I was splashing and slashing in the water I, I, I my breathing still wasn't there. I was panicking because I don't like water. And basically, I had this point where I went, right, so um, the event's going to go ahead. So I was also training in Scotland through winter, out on my bike when it's like gale force winds, hailstone and rain and running and all that, which is pretty miserable. Training for an event, I didn't know what was going to happen. Then it didn't happen and it got shifted. And then I'm like, oh my God, this Ironman journey has now went from May to August. So there's me kind of going back and forward. Then we're back in a lockdown. The pools are shut. And throughout that time, my mindset was just so challenged because I started, we obviously didn't have access to the gyms. My resistance training was taking a hit because my energy levels weren't there because I was doing a lot of running and cycling. I also didn't feel very motivated or driven to be in lifting weights in my garage, even though I had about 60 kilograms in the barbell. I just didn't feel the drive to be there. As a result of that, my physique started to go to shit. When I say to shit, some people will be like, shut up, Christian. But I mean, like, I was small, I didn't feel strong. My, my clothes didn't fit me as well. And it massively impacted my identity. Along with this transition, I decided to move house, change my business online, 
Uh, things started to open back up and th- there's been a lot on but throughout this entire thing I've been going out and like doing hours and hours of training every single week since November and I've not actually even known if the event was going to go ahead or what I was training for and to say the least it's been mentally taxing I've had to literally give up a lot of things with like do you know what I mean like literally saying no to a lot of different things we're going to do not there's been loads of things on as well but it's been a good time to actually train for it but there was actually points where I didn't think the event was going to go ahead and I was sitting questioning how I had been fucking subjecting myself to so much swimming that I actually, honestly, hands down, since November, I've probably two sessions that I actually enjoy. I don't, I don't like it at all. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. Um, I had been subjecting myself to going out and torturing myself on my bike for solo rides, hours on end and rain, hail or snow, like not snow, but like going out running, picking up injuries. And I was just like, what am I doing? And you have to like, I love fitness and I've always ran. I've always done it on and off. However, when you're going to extremes of kind of implementing endurance training and you don't want it and you don't want to do it and the time commitment that it takes and the energy commitment that it takes, not only that, like when I was going out in some big runs in a Sunday or big cycles in a Saturday, or like I'm doing my midweek cycles right now, it takes a lot out of you mentally and you're not really there for the rest of the day when you get back. For example, I've done five and a half hours of training on Wednesday. For the rest of the day, I was quite mentally fatigued. And I was also mentally fatigued yesterday and my energy wasn't there the one I'm having to spend a bit longer in bed because I'm tired. So it's very, like, I can't really explain it. Like it's it's the stuff that people don't see. The Ironman event itself, I know that I'm going to rock up and smash it. I know that it's going to be the challenge of my life, but it's the build up to it that people don't see. It's, It's everything going on behind closed doors that is the challenging part. And it's like, that's the part that when I watch someone that does a, a massive challenge. I'm just looking at them with like, man, that is absolute respect for doing that because people don't realize the work that goes into things. And I, I've just got such respect for when I when I speak to someone that's maybe got a successful businessman, I speak to someone that's maybe got uh they've achieved like very, very like a lot in their fitness journey. I've got massive respect to them because I know the roads in which they have been on, which I've which I'm going through, which I've been on. And it's like, that's the hard bit. People just sometimes look at the end part and you're like, no, that's not the, yeah, the event's going to be hard. It's everything leading up to it. It's the commitment, especially when you're doing a big endurance event. So what have I learned from this experience? I've just learned that it's so important to have clear optics on what you want. Um, it's just so important to just be clear because I had a lot of different things going on in my life at one point and then obviously moving house, changed my business online and we've only got a finite amount of focus for so many things in our life. And, and then once that happens, your priorities change, things shift, and then you question a lot of things. But again, you need to be true to what you're doing. If, if you're not, like the biggest thing I've taken away from this is the importance of having a goal, having clear optics on what you want, because it would have been easiest for me so many times, like all these uncomfortable sessions. Like, And when I say uncomfortable sessions, like I just went through a, a two-week period there where my training just felt like it was getting worse this week, I've had honestly one of the best weeks of training I've had. I had a PB swim for distance and speed. Swam at two miles in 70 minutes. Um, literally done a five-hour ride straight into a run after it, after having a hip injury where I couldn't run. My running's coming back up. I've been doing amazing sessions on my turbo trainer. However, I just had two weeks of enduring pure discomfort, getting in the water, hating it, mentally being fatigued. However, the, the testament to this is I would not be of getting in that and doing these different things if I didn't have that goal of Ironman Vichy. And the self-talk and things that I've learned from it and the importance of having goals, like 
getting into that mindset and visualizing, like I keep visualizing running over that line at the end. I keep visualizing the emotions that I'm going to feel. I keep visualizing the warmth that I'm going to feel my skin, the sun beating down. I keep visualizing like what my nutrition is going to be like. I'm visualizing every single part with it. I'm, I'm just starting with the end in mind. I am just like, this is happening. It doesn't matter. And one of the things I actually spoke about in last night's Zoom group coaching call and project level up was why is it that so many people would say to me, Christian, you're going to smash this. Christian, I've got absolutely nothing but conviction that you're going to kill this. You've got this, man. Why don't people have that conviction in themselves? Because number one, they don't have clear optics on what they want. They think they do. They maybe say things that are very blasé that aren't that clear. Then what I'm talking about is having a goal. You need to have a goal, but you need to get specific on what you're going to do. You can't just say, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get fit. It's not going to drive you forward because I'm telling you right now, when the cards are against you, when you can't be asked, when you've got no energy, you're not going to show up. And that is the biggest thing that I've taken away from this whole thing is you need to just have clear optics on what you want. So yeah, like now kind of coming on, like, and then the last question I've asked, I've just basically asked myself questions and I'm just asking them what answer them on a win. I'm giving myself a podcast. What would I change going back? Nothing. I wouldn't change anything. Um, I would, I would, I would never change anything. I think like I try and live my life being like, nah, nothing. It's been all good. Like at the end of the day, it's going to shape me, allow me to be a better endurance athlete. It's going to allow me to be a, be a better coach. It's going to allow me to take lessons and then give it to my clients so that they don't make the same mistakes as me. It's just going to make everything better. So it's a good thing. It's, uh, it's, it's been serious. Some serious growth has been had in the past six months to say the least. Um, and I think that's what, I remember I went through a point and it was like January and I was like, oh my God, I am actually subjecting myself to serious discomfort on such a regular basis. And I like, and one of the biggest things was when I changed my business and I, I, I became moved online and I was like, this is fucking scary. Like becoming that new person in the block, do you know what I mean? Like starting off again from scratch. Also at the same time, subjecting myself to some really, really tough sessions. Um, like, put myself in the water all the time, which is, I mean, it's honestly like sometimes I get in that water, like I can't describe to you how uncomfortable I feel when it's like just 40 minutes of just feeling like you're drowning, Christian, you can do it. For an hour I'd feel like you're drowning, you can do it, but you need to just have a clear out. I know this is pretty extreme, but I'm just telling you the importance of having that goal. So yeah, so one of the things to remember as well, like throughout this, like um, I'm actually going to ask myself that question in the next part. I wrote these notes up yesterday, by the way. That's why I'm not, they're not fresh in my mind. So we're going to kind of move on to the part now, building muscle and endurance. So I've asked myself three questions here. Can you do it? Will it dilute your results? And what are the do's and don'ts? And essentially, this is, I just thought these three questions are going to be very relevant to if anyone's interested in doing it or anyone's like, do you know what? I thought that this was my, my, my state of mind when it came to building muscle and I thought you could only do it this way. Um, I thought when it came to endurance, you couldn't do this. So can you do it? Yes, unless you tell yourself stories that you can. And this is something that I've done. I told myself stories that I couldn't be big. Now, this is partly to do with, like, my coach, John, doesn't have a resistance training background. And I remember one of the things he said to me was, you'll need to lose a bit of weight. And it wasn't meaning body fat. He was talking about, like, muscle mass. And I went, all right, cool, I'm going to get smaller. And the reality is, like, you can build muscle and do it. You need to have a lot of time. Like, the reality is you need to prioritize recovery. And then it's, like, it, it comes down to you as an individual as well. And I'm going to actually come on to that in the next part. So if you tell yourself stories that you can't do something, then you won't do it. And that's essentially what I've done. 
And then like a few months ago, I just had this realization, gyms open back up and like everything just reignited. And I wrote this statement on my wall. And I just wrote it. I said, I read it every single morning. I'm looking at it right now. And, and this is, it's, it's dated to the 13th of November because I wrote it six months prior to that point, right? And I wrote, in six months, I want to completely prove my own perception wrong and I'm going to be the biggest and strongest and fittest version of myself. I read that every single morning. I read it out loud. And I just look at it. It's next to my cupboards in my office. I come in and I grab my clothes and I get changed and I look at it and I just stare at it for a bit. And I go, you're doing it. It's happening. And like sometimes people look at things and they're waiting on it to happen. I'm like, no, I'm making it happen. I'm showing up and I'm doing it. And I think you need to remind yourself and stop telling yourself little shitty stories because I done it. I believed it. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like it, you choose to get weaker. You choose to get smaller. You choose to be unfit. You choose to not show up. You choose to not do your sessions. You choose to be the person who you are. The reality is you are in complete control of it and nobody else is. And if you realize that, it happens to us. And I think one of the things that really happened to me with that was it, it shocked me because for so many years, I have been someone that's just relentlessly showing up. Nothing's really phased me. The lockdown last year didn't fucking bother me at all. I had a little bit of a, a wiggle at the beginning and then I just accelerated things. People were like, how are you doing that? Because I just had a clear optic on what I want. But I just got like, when I was going through this, like at the beginning, and I was like, Oh, Christian, you, you can't build muscle. You, you can't be a, you can't get into endurance. You can't build muscle. Yeah, you can. Obviously, it comes down to what the next sort of part I'm going to come into. Will it dilute your results? And that obviously comes down to the sort of logistics and how you do it. Because obviously, it's all well me just saying you can do it, but it comes down to a few different parts. So, question two Will it dilute your results? It depends on a few things. Like, it really, really depends on a few things. Your genetics. So, your makeup as a person. I've honestly trained some people that can be in a calorie deficit and I've watched them get so big. Like they're training like someone that's in a calorie surplus because genetically they respond well to that. They respond well to dieting. They've got great genetics for building muscle. That's the way it is. It's the same when it comes to endurance. I've met some people that are, sorry, I'm yawning on this podcast. <laughs> um, and I've met some people that are some serious runners that got into running and you're like, man, you, you've not even been doing this long and you've accelerated so much. I've met people that are a bit down the middle where they're so good at both things. And that's kind of what I would like to see myself. Like, I'm not particularly like a strength athlete. I'm not like a pro card bodybuilder. I'm also not like a professional endurance athlete. I'm that bit in the middle and I, I, I'm good. I'm strong. I'm capable. I'm very happy in my own body. Um, but I'm also very willing to push myself. I might not be rapid, but I'm, I'm going to work incredibly hard. I'm going to show up and be a hard worker. Um, and I think, yeah, it comes down to that and genetics. That's a huge one. Your training experience. Now, by the way, you need to understand, guys, like I'm not a sports scientist. This is like the conclusions I'm taking from this data is from me and my thoughts and my experience as a coach. It's not like I'm running tests and literally uh, different sort of tests and examples from different people. I'm just talking about myself and my own experience with other people. So one of the things that I follow quite a few, what you call a hybrid athlete, which is basically when someone is, it's a combination of like a hybrid athlete, like someone that does like maybe conditioning work and uh, resistance training. And that's the sort of thing I like to go for being, being functionally fit, being aerobically fit and being strong and capable and being in good shape as well. Now I follow a few folk and they come to mind right now. I'm not going to name names of that. And they are fucking athletes, man. Like, and we, but it's very easy to slip into a state of comparison with this. 
And one of the biggest things I take away from this is I look at some of these folk and I'm like, how are they squatting 200 kg and then running like marathons and all that, right? It's crazy the stuff that these folk can do. But then it really comes down to your training experience. So what I would say is you're probably going to be a better hybrid athlete if you have some serious strength gains in your pocket. Now, folk are probably thinking, what? So you went from nothing. Now, let's use Matthew Fraser, for example. Matthew Fraser's the world's fittest guy. He's won the CrossFit Games like six times, which is insane, right? When you look at documentaries of Matthew Fraser, he was a he was a good weightlifter, and that's one of the things he said. He, he didn't settle for good. He wanted to be the best, right? And he was a good weightlifter. He, he trained at like a county level in America, lifted some seriously heavy weight. I mean, when I say weightlifting, I mean like Olympic lifting, snatch, clean and press. Do you know what I mean? Like he was a strong guy. But his dad actually said in the documentary, Matthew Fraser used to walk up the stairs and get out of breath because he was so unfit. He was strong, capable, and he moved amazing, but he was very unfit. This is now the world's fittest guy in CrossFit, right? But what I'm trying to get at is his capability and his, 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 his functional and strength ability as a, as a muscle-building hybrid athlete really is down to the root of what he previously started with. And I'm not just saying that's the way that it goes. I wasn't a strength athlete. I wasn't like an Olympic lifter. I was just someone that was into bodybuilding. My deadlift was relatively strong in regards to my body weight. My squat was okay. My bench was okay. I'm in good shape. It's not like I'm a strength athlete. So basically, my sort of, the only way I can kind of explain this is that my bar for strength work wasn't set as high as someone that was maybe specifically focused on strength and bodybuilding, right? So then if you introduce endurance work it does begin to dilute what you're doing because again recovery what you do is a job how many hours you have to train how good your sleep is your genetics are going to impact this and basically what i'm saying is if someone could squat 200 kilograms before they got into endurance training and someone could only squat 100 kilograms for 10 reps before they got into endurance training what would happen over time is as they're endurance training that lift is probably going to drop slightly right so say it drops by 20 percent so person one, subject one that squats 200 kilo for 10 reps, they're going to drop down to 160 kilograms for 10 reps. Example two, they're going to drop down to 80 kilograms for 10 reps. What I'm saying is your start point and your background in bodybuilding or strength training is massively going to influence your capabilities within your own body. It's, it's the work that you've done to yourself before it. I hope that makes sense. I, I think I've explained it well. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I hope it kind of makes sense. Basically, the conclusion is that if what your previous training is, is going to massively influence what the sport is you're going down. So whether that be ultra running, triathlon, and you're trying to combine both that and resistance training, what you've previously done is going to massively influence that because you're, you're not going to be absolutely optimal at strength. You're not, some people will prove me wrong, but again, this comes into it. Some of these hybrid athletes are massively full of gears. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's, then it becomes a bit unclear where you're like, how are they literally doing that and that? And then there's some genetic freaks as well. But what I'm saying is the road to where you are now is going to massively influence what the road looks like for the future whilst combining endurance and uh, resistance training. But one of the things to kind of take away from it is, will it dilute your results if it's planned poorly? So literally, if there's absolutely no structure, if you're winging your, your training, if you don't really have any small goals within there, and you kind of split it down. But that's what I'm going to kind of come on to now is the do's and don'ts. 
So do is 100% plan your week, have structure. You need to have a program that you follow. Every single Sunday, my coach sends me, my coach John sends me through what I'm going to do for the week. I know roughly what days are going to be what, but he sends me through the load, the tempo sessions, the interval sessions, and it all comes up for the week. And I know that the way things are progressing. And then I have set days that I do my, um, my I literally do my resistance training. So I'm pure yawning, by the way. I'm tired this week for this week's volume of training. Um, and that, yeah, so you need to have structure in there. They say, so I, I know that I train weights every Monday and Thursday, and then Saturday's a bonus session if I'm not feeling too fatigued, depending on how the week's looked. And most weeks, I tend to manage free weight sessions. Um, and I also do two set, like, and I double train quite a lot of days as well. So the next point is state management. Now, this is something that I've kind of been saying quite a lot recently within a project level up to all my team is like state management's key. This week, my state management, a lot of my morning routines went out the window because my state management is about getting more sleep. Like after, usually in the morning I get up, I'll go for a walk, I read my book and I journal. I've literally been spending a bit longer in bed and getting up and going for a walk. That's it. And then I'll journal in the time that I would usually start my work and stuff like that, right? So I've not been reading. I've sat, I've got a bookshelf behind me and I feel like a fraud because it's full of books and I've hardly been reading. I've not had the time for it. Something has to give. And at the end of the day, your routine's there to serve you. But ultimately, you need to prioritize the things that are going to manage your state. So you need to show up best for yourself. So I know that on Thursday morning, I usually go to the gym at 7 a.m. But this Thursday, I had a haircut at half past eight. So I booked the gym for half past nine after that. And I basically went, right, I've had a big volume of training on Wednesday. I'm going to use that extra bit of time to get a solid nine hours sleep. Yeah, I went to bed a wee bit earlier. Bed is normal. Um, but I stayed in bed because I was just really feeling it. So state management is a big one as well when you're actually combining the two of them. Um, you need to, the next one is you need to lose the go hard or go home uh, mindset with resistance training. You can, like, like the thing is, you can force adaptations in your body. And everyone, as I said already, depending on where you're at, your training experience, certain body parts will be able to cope with more demand. Me personally, the only things that I've been doing for my legs recently because they don't cause me too much damage is leg press, leg extension, hamstring curls, and Romanian deadlifts. I know that if I squat or lunge, split squat, it just fucking creates so much damage in my legs that it ruins me for a few days. It's not to say it's bad. I just know that if I do it personally, if I start doing that, it just kills my legs. That's not to say that I can't. So you need to kind of lose that mindset that's just all about training to absolute failure because it's, it's really, really not, especially when you're utilizing your legs and your arms and your torso. Like when I swim, I get out of the water and my shoulders and lats are absolutely killing me. Last thing I want to do is absolutely thrash my shoulders and my lats the day before get in the water and just give myself a bad experience. There needs to be a bit of give. But again, it's going to be specific to the event that you do and what you do as well. Um, full body training is the next one. It's something that I do with a lot of my clients. It's something that is it's something that I only really discovered since I actually became a coach. It's not that I discovered it. I mean, like I only started putting it into practice. It's such an effective way to train. However, we're just conditioned to think that we need to train chest in one session. It's not nothing wrong with that at all, but I'm just saying... There's more than one way to skin a cat. You can 100% break it down, which is a, I would always suggest full body training and focusing on kind of hitting a body part between 10 and 20 sets per week um, and make every set count. I think that's a, a big one. If your training volume is dropping down to two to three times per week, you cannot be in there fucking about, bimbling about. You need to be chasing adaptations. It's not a case of like going, like I'm saying, crippling yourself, but you need to be working to a nice point of failure. You need to be obviously doing that. Next one, get yourself an experienced coach. I can hands down say that I would not be in the position I'm in now without John. You need to have someone there to hold your hand, especially when you're doing this. 
I know people that have trained for ultras, uh, triathlons, and they tried to do it on their own. They ended up cocking up. They either overtrained, undertrained, fucked themselves up, got an injury, or fucked themselves up in the day of the event. It's honestly get a coach. There's no point. You're taking on a challenge. Like if you're doing a mammoth challenge of something that exceeds four hours, when it becomes serious endurance for the likes of an Ironman, it's probably going to take me 12, 13 hours because my running time's a wee bit slow right now. 12, 13 hours of training that you would try and do an event that's got years and years of experience, so many folk that have had so much skin in the game and you think you can do it on your own. Honestly, get a coach. It's, it's just an absolute no-brainer. Like, it, see, like, it's like me just going, like, oh, do you know what? I might just extend half of my house. I've got a hammer, that's fine. I'll just do that. I'll just extend half of my house. No, you would hire a joiner, you would hire a builder. That's just what you would do, especially with something of this. Like, it's fine. Like, I totally, even though I'm a coach, I encourage loads of people to go in the gym and learn on their own. Like, that's a big part. But going to the gym and doing fucking chest day is totally different from training for an endurance event. Honestly, get a coach because you end up finding you'll probably be doing way more than what you need to. Little realization I had recently, I thought I had to be doing way more running than what I did. And I was actually pushing my running more than what I had to. And as a result of that, I got a big fucking injury and I ended up being out of running for seven weeks because I was pushing too hard. I was miles away from the event. And now I've just realized that I was actually doing me way more than what I needed to. It's not about that. When it comes to endurance, it's about building time on legs. Um, and then that's the next part. Building endurance is about time spent and conditioning, not how many miles can I do? Boom, absolutely bang on. I couldn't like, I cannot emphasize how important that is. It's not about just going in and going faster and doing more miles. It really, really isn't. It's about time spent in the saddle. It's about time spent in your legs. It's about time spent in the water. Whatever your desired outcome is, it's about that. And it's essentially you're building more time. And over the course of the week, your loadout increases. Your body's uh, ability to cope with the demand increases. Folk go down the route of looking at loads of different things. With I'm going to come on to nutrition next. But like at the end of the day, you just need to get used to being on your legs more doing that specific thing. And it does come a point where like, sometimes I maybe see someone, I've mentioned this before on a podcast, and I don't really see it as an impressive feat. I just see it as someone's well, they're quite relentless. Someone's like done my first marathon and they maybe went from running six miles to run the marathon very quickly, right? But then you look at it, the person couldn't walk for a week after it. Their time wasn't very impressive and they basically scarred themselves with a horrific event. Whereas if someone properly trained for it, put in a good few months training, conditioned themselves properly, they'd be crossing that line. Yeah, it'd be really hard. It's a marathon, but they'd be crossing that line knowing they've done their absolute best. And that's the same with building endurance. It's all about conditioning yourself adequately and not just kind of trying to focus on the total distance and all that itself. You need to build up time, time on legs. That's the key. And then next one, adequate fueling. This is something I learned all day on my bike. Like I didn't take enough fuel when I went out. However, I was very aware of that because I've been doing this for a wee bit now. And the old me probably would have been giving myself a hard time. I was so close to bonking. I was so close to hitting the wall. Last 90 minutes were actually mental torture because I was so fatigued. I actually found myself groaning when I was on my bike. I was like, Ugh. I was like just dying on my bike. And I knew I had to come back and run. However, I knew I'd, I just didn't eat enough fuel and I pushed too hard, climbing a massive hill coming up for Glasgow uh, to Gifnock, which is about a sort of 30 minute climb. And I just pushed really hard. It was a really sunny day. And I just zipped down my, my cycling top got the sun in my chest and I was like this is brilliant and then I went pure fast over the moors after that and it was like an hour of just going really fast four hours into a cycle with no food left and I just honestly effed up but old me probably would have went you're getting unfit Christian you're getting unfit the reality was I didn't take on enough food as soon as I got home I tanned about six party rings 
and a bit of saurine and I drank a big uh, half litre of water and boom, went out of run and I felt fine. It, honestly, you need to make it, especially if you feel that you're at lacking energy, it's because you're not feeling adequately. You need to just make sure you're taking on board constant carbs and fats, like 60 grams of carbs an hour, like just taking it on, especially like you need to, you never want to be hungry. You want to make sure, especially like, now I'm talking here, guys, this doesn't mean go out for a 5K or a 10K with half a loaf of saurine. I mean, and like once you start exceeding 90 minutes to two hours, that's when you're going to start really be tapping into depleting your glycogen stores because you are just you're depleted. That's, that's that's roughly when they're going to start feeling it. You need to be fueling before you feel that you're hungry. So if you if you like, I'm, I go out my bike for example for five hours. I know that by minute 40, even though I ate just before my cycle, I need to start eating food. I need to start taking on food because my body's going through that, and that's an important thing to remember. And then. Uh, and next one, like, honestly, like, don't, like, try and cut or when you're doing, like, in building for endurance. Like, when when it comes to, like, body transformation, like, there's some people that are in insane shape and they do this. And I feel like I'm in good shape and it's something that I've been doing, but I've not prioritized cutting my calories. There was a week where I went, I'm going to cut my calories. My appetite's through the roof. My body needs to recover. It needs to be optimal. It starts to impact your sleep. You get, your DOMS will be worse, like, muscle soreness, you need to make sure you're dehydrated. You need to make sure you're constantly hydrated, and literally focusing on cutting your calories. One of the things you need to realize is, like, say for example, my week. My week looked like Monday cycle, Monday gym, Tuesday, uh, seventy minute swim, Wednesday five hour cycle into a twenty minute run, Thursday gym, Friday run in the morning swim, tomorrow run in the morning gym. In the reality is, and I also go out walking every single day. I'm six foot two. I'm like 84 kilograms. Every day is going to be so different. So see, just aiming for like 3,000 calories a day, it's so hard to do that as well. So one of the things I would say is I just genuinely maintain being quite lean. Like I wouldn't focus on going into like an endurance phase and a fat loss phase, like like especially if you don't have a clue about nutrition or your body have not done the miles because they just don't complement each other. What you should focus on doing is literally eating as much as you can whilst being at maintenance, like just being at that point, if you want to achieve that lean look whilst doing it, just being intuitive and being like, have I eaten enough food today? Like the reality is like, if you start kicking the ass out of your body, like it's not just like a gym session that your recovery is one or two days. If you do like a three, four, five hour worth of training in a day, it takes like a week to recovery and getting on board adequate calories, adequate nutrition, uh, adequate nutrients, enough protein, uh, replenishing your carbohydrate sources. You need to do that in order to properly recover. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to properly recover. And I'm telling you right now, this shit adds up and it will unravel. It will get to a point like a few weeks in where you'll be like, I felt all right. And it's just, we've all done it. Like anyone that's dieted too hard, and like, nah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I mean, 1200 calories. I'm fine. And it's like week four, they're like, oh my God, I don't feel good at all. And it's like, it's the same with that, but imagine then going like that, right? Let's get you doing hundreds of X. Let's get you doing loads of endurance as well. It's just, they don't complement each other. And again, we're all different. Some people can respond better. However, I wouldn't suggest doing it. So that's basically my, my do's and don'ts. Will it dilute your results? And can you do it? So yeah, I hope that kind of answers where you're at and what you want to do and what you want to achieve from it. Lots of good information in there. So this kind of brings me on to the last part. I put some questions, a Q&A for the podcast um, into my stories yesterday. Um, I got three questions. I've always hated running. Uh, kills my knees and I'm a lanky fucker. 
any advice for starting out. So I'm lanky as well. The, the reality is when you do a lot of running, there's a statistic around my pal now, it's a physio sent me this. Statistically speaking, like stretching before a run or after a run has got zero evidence to show that it reduces the risk of injury. Having resistance training in your program is going to be a good way to do that. So yeah, I know the fact that the guy that sent me this loves resistance training. And um, so that's a really good thing there. And then the second part is that like you're probably going too fast, too quickly. And that's something that some people can't come to terms with. Even though you may feel okay doing it, you need to understand that all your joints, te- uh, tendons, ligaments need time to get to there. So I would suggest the likes of some fat leg training, which is essentially like run, jog, run. So walk, jog, run, something like that. That's what I tend to do. I call them run break-ins for my clients in their programming if they want to get into runs. And it'll be like one minute of walking, one minute of running for 20 minutes. Basic. However, you need to be okay with prescribing yourself and prescribing your clients that kind of stuff. Like on paper, it looks really boring. However, it gets them results. It's the same with resistance training. It's not about giving someone a magic fancy program. It's the basics. So build up from basics. Go out, walk, drop your ego. Because I know it's one of those things, especially if you're in terrific shape and you're trying to get into running, you're out and you're going, what am I doing? But understand, i done that in the pool. I put up with getting overtaken by old ladies and smashing the pool by loads of wee people. I had to, I had, I've got a white belt mentality where I'm like, right, I'm going to go and be and embrace being a, a newbie. I'm now pretty quick in the water. Folk at the Booker's Pond that I go to are like, fucking hell, people all know what I'm doing. They're like, that's crazy. I started off in November as the person that didn't have a clue, didn't have a clue at all, didn't know anything about swimming, was watching so many YouTube videos, uh, following Nick Bear, which is a triathlete, um, a, a hybrid athlete. I was following so many different people. My coach was giving me loads of information. I was reaching out from to old colleagues from the Air Force and stuff. Like, it, it, I just consume so much information, but you have to be willing to just be a fucking novice because some people are just not willing to do that. You need to be like, I'm, the reason why I'm getting sore is your body's smart. It's a way of telling you that, man, you're going too much. Imagine it in the gym. Imagine like when you're in the gym, like, and like, well, because I, I know that this guy's a coach as well, uh, asked the question. So I'm not naming any names who these people are asking the questions. Imagine like a client saying to you, mate, my shoulders are killing me. And you're like, why are you going in doing one rep max testing when you are literally brand spanking you to the gym? It's the same there. It's just a case of building it up slowly, very slowly, in, in fact. However, I would suggest the likes of the Couch to 5K. I used to re- recommend it all the time, but some, to be honest, I think it's a little bit slow. It's eight weeks going from nothing. But you can actually obviously build it up a wee bit quicker on that. But yeah, fat leg training is really good to answer that. Question two, what made you step away from conventional bodybuilding programs to this? I never really stepped away from it, to be honest. And that's something that I did in the beginning. That's something that I've been asked quite a lot. Like when people have maybe inquired to work with me and I've told them a bit what I'm all about. And they're like, nah, I'm just into bodybuilding. I'm like, well, so am I. That is what I'm doing. Like when you were in the gym lifting weights, it is bodybuilding style conventional training. Um, but like as of when I finish this, I've got a plan for an event that is pretty crazy. I've not mentioned what it is after the Ironman um it's, it's pretty mental and I don't, I don't know like it's something that i'm like i just came up with it recently and i'm like that's pretty insane it would be hard and um, but i know that if i was going to do that i would really have to cut back on my resistance training a little bit more however i'm going to come back with a vengeance and i want to get just like as functionally fit and capable as i can i want to actually even do a photo shoot so it's nothing that i ever really stepped away from to be honest 
it's something that it's just kind of take a bit of a step in the back burner. However, I'm still doing it. I'm still training weights three times per week right now, two to three times per week. Um, so yeah, um, it's just the fact that hopefully from listening to this podcast, you can see that you can do both. And then why are you putting yourself through this Ironman? I don't know. Like, I don't actually know. Like, it's been something that I've always looked up to. I mentioned it on that. I've done the promo for Project Level Up last week. They got released and I couldn't, honestly, if anyone's seen it, if you haven't seen it, go back and look at it. I, I do a voiceover in it and it's it's just, it's so true what I'm saying. I've always looked up to people and I've just always admired people that are willing to grind, that are willing to be to do the work to get to somewhere and you heard me talking about it at the beginning. I know what that looks like. And I'm so, I'm so like, I just admire it so much. And I know that I need to show up and do this kind of stuff to be the person who I am. And one of the things that I mentioned as well, like the end of therapy, going back to like me being younger and all that, I wasn't standard PT, obligatory, whatever it is, PT post. I was a little bit chubby when I was younger. I wasn't like athletic or anything like that at all. However, the reality is it was because I was forced down a route I didn't want to go, not by badly. Like, I didn't want to play football. I'm not into football. I was rubbish at it. I, I, I done karate for years. I didn't particularly love it, which is because my family done it, my cousin done it, I done it. However, I had this ideology that I wasn't good enough. Like, I just want, and one of the things I've realized at therapy is that something that really drives me, and it's something that I'm coming to terms with that I need to stop being so hard on myself is, I'm an overachiever I've got like unrelenting standards because I remember being the person that that wasn't particularly fit and and a lot of people got looked up to because of their their fitness standards and stuff and mines weren't that good and I think that's where my unrelenting standards come from come from and I just I love that momentum I've seen what the human body is capable of I love seeing what you can really do if you put your mind to it. I love seeing like how much I've grown in the past seven months just for booking this event. And uh, yeah, like I hope that can answers that. It's, it's for no, I just, I just know that when you lean into adversity, you you just grow so much. And uh, I know that like when I, I don't look at things in a negative way, I look at them in a sort of like growth way, that's going to grow me. That's going to allow me to be not just physically stronger, but mentally more resilient, mentally more robust. Do you know what I mean when I need it, and it just allows me to put me in a place that's like, yeah, you're you're mentally and physically strong. So yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast and kind of gives you a bit of an insight to the sort of the way that I coach, the way that I go through things. And it was a lot more of they all are educational, but this was like more of a, a live sort of training as I would do in Project Level Up. And look, if you have listened to this and you're like, do you know what? I want a bit of what Christian does. Just drop me a message and just say, Christian, I'm interested in hearing a bit more about Project Level Up because that's what I help people do. I help them discover their absolute true potential with their fitness, their physique, and their mindset, because I know that that taps into it and it allows you to see and do things that you thought you were never, ever capable of doing. And it's just, it's an infectious mindset to have. I'm so proud of my community. Like yesterday, honestly, like one of my clients posted into the community yesterday, organizing an event, Free Peaks Challenge. And it's like, it's a, it's a community of people that are just developing a mindset. It's like, I want to get after it. And that's what I'm looking for in clients. I'm looking for clients. Like I, I'm building a community of people that want to work the way I, the way I operate and it's growing and growing. We're now reaching 40 members in there right now, which is incredible. Um, I'm so proud of it. Results are coming left, right and center, physically, mentally. People are doing, achieving so much within the lifestyle. People are quitting their jobs. People are pursuing careers they never thought they were going to do. 
people are really, really leveling up in regards to their confidence and their conviction. And it's, it's all down to this program. And it's, it's, I'm so fucking proud of it. And it's sort of like that, that I am very proud of that. I like, I really, really am. And I'm proud of, I'm proud of, I was saying when I got out of the water that day. And one thing that I'm certainly proud of as well, talking about this today, I know that when I cross that, that line on the day of that Ironman, I'm going to be probably one of the proudest I've ever felt of myself. And I think it's important to, to do that. And I just want to give people that energy so that they can realize their full potential because like, do you know what I mean? Like so many things are just materialistic. However, you'll remember these days, you wear that as a badge on the rest of your life. I'll identify as an Ironman. Do you know what I mean? I'll get that tattoo in the back of my leg. And I'll be like, yeah, then, yeah, I'm an Ironman. And you're, you're part of a group of people. And it's the same. I, I, that, so if you are interested in joining my team, that's that's the way that people join my community, where they wear it. They know they're in there. They know they're part of a community where they belong to something. They're part of it because when you do that, it just it just does so much for you. So anyway, guys, um, as always, um, if you are interested, drop me a message and we can obviously have a chat, see where you're at. And if you absolutely love this podcast, if you took something away from it, please screenshot it and share it to your story. There was so many bits of valuable information in there. So thank you very much, guys, and have a lovely day.